Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for Romeo and Juliet, the sitcom Act 3, Independent Shakespeare. I am your director and dramaturg, Landon Bell, and I am joined by... Assistant Director Sven Halverson. And we sure do have a doozy of an episode for you. Yeah, I think it might be... It might be my favorite to mix so far. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this episode. And it is a emotional punch as well as a comedic hoot. Yes. <laughs> uh, kicking us off here at the... What? I uh, started to say, uh, kicking us off here, we have uh, Fen MK and uh, MC Eric Garcia again as our chorus. Act three. And this is the scene that I directed that was one of the hardest scenes I've directed and also one of the best. I don't know if it's the funnest scene though. It's not really a fun scene, but it's very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely if that rewarding. makes sense. Absolutely rewarding. Um, yeah, there's not... There's not many scenes in the show that give me chills. I got chills from the scene. It was just very, extremely well mixed. And here we have MCRO Garcia as Mercutio. And what to? And. I'm blanking on his name for some reason. Andrew Hackley. <laughs> yes. As Ben Volio. As Ben Volio. M always cracks me up. <laughs> Thy head is as full of quarrels oh. as an egg is full of meat. Not later in this scene, but. The great thing about M is that she can handle making you laugh and then making you cry all in all in the span of just a few minutes. With a tailor for wearing his new doublet before Easter, with another for tying his new shoes with old Um, I actually have uh, a couple of comments to add to this commentary uh, straight from M herself. Um. Oh. She uh, she wanted me to point out that um, last time when we were discussing uh, that Mercutio is more or less uh, a very easy to make uh, gender neutral role or female or however you want to do it um, that there weren't very many uh, women out there that have played the character before. Um, apparently she had done some research into it. So if you've never heard it before, take a listen to our production and then maybe consider it for yours at your school or your college or your local Shakespeare theater group or what have you. She works very well as a woman. Absolutely. Uh, here we have Chris Dibble or Chris Dickie as Tybalt. Did he just come up? 
He did. I missed it. Very, very subtly, but he came up. Along with his some friends, which never say anything. Except for, I did add in one thing. That was my voice that said something. Which I really liked. Just so you would know there was somebody else there. I really liked that touch. Um, also, another thing that M said, uh, since Tybalt is here. Uh, last commentary, I mentioned that I snuck Tybalt's theme in under a speech that Mercutio gave her. She was discussing him, talking about him. And um, I said that it sounded like M performed the role as if Mercutio and Tybalt had dated. And she said... I'm just going to quote exactly what she said. She says, Mercy and Tibby, you are exactly correct. In my mind, they totally dated. They were toxic for each other, but perfect for each other. <laughs> and so there you go. Straight from the source. And we have our Romeo. Uh... Eric Valdez. I'm not good with names, people. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Valdez is Romeo. <laughs> yes. That's okay. We didn't listen to this in rehearse. And that was Tybalt's friend shooting a water gun, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Tybalt's friend is Sven Halverson. <laughs> a pitch-lowered version of me. <laughs> So, um, there was a little sideline from Tybalt that was not in the original text. And um, I added that because I really needed to create a shift in tension from all of the comedy we've had in the last two acts to now. And, and there's fixing to be serious tragedy and consequences here. Which, I'm going to presume you've listened to the episode already. And if you haven't, go back and listen. You need to cry... Just like we had to cry, and then come back and listen to us. <laughs> and we have the standoff between Tybalt and Mercutio. And that's one of my favorite things about uh, the way you mix this scene. It would have been very easy to make it static. It was hard not <laughs> It was very hard to make it sound like it was... Intensive and stuff. And that sound is a combination of several gunshots. Um, let's see, I had the list. Uh, the heartbeat noises, some white noise, uh, some high pitched ringing in the ears, and then some bass rumbly noise. <laughs> that was a lot of work to put together. And then I let the heartbeats go on just a little bit through the scene. It they gradually fade out, as well as the high pitched noise gradually fades out. Yeah, the both of the all all of those touches, and especially the uh, the heartbeat and the ear ringing, really really added to uh, making the hair on my neck stand up. Because as that heartbeat fades, it it just makes you want to cry because. You know, you know, Mercutio's gone. But that only adds like, I don't know, ten percent more to what M brings to the scene. Oh, absolutely, yes. 
Sometimes I get too caught up in the technical of it, but yes. Uh, this scene would not be half what it is without her coming in and selling you on her death. Um, one, th- one thing I put in the... Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go um, ahead. You mixed it. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, well, I'll jump ahead of you then. Um, no, uh, when I was giving notes, um, I-, I made a point to M that uh, that last line there where she's saying a plague on both your houses needs to be uh, just pure anger. Pure anger that this feud has escalated to this. I'm sure I would be angry too if I was about to die. But, uh... Okay. What I was going to say was she gave, like, she... Those are several lines that were separated, but she did those all together. Like, one take of, like, three or four lines. And then she did that, like, three or four times. I don't nice. know how she was able to do that, really. <laughs> nice. That's actually pretty awesome. Um, because she, like, held in the that... script, they're all separated. She held the, that feeling throughout all of that. And it's got to be really hard to play like you have a wound. <laughs> yeah, to go from just... Very jokey to just, I'm in pain and I'm dying. That, not easy. So we've been talking about uh, M's performance, but uh, I really have to commend Eric. Uh, he came into this scene, um, kind of kind of low-key against uh, Tybalt, trying to be calm, trying to be uh, diffusing of the situation, and now he's just in pure anger mode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Tybalt? Away, be gone. The citizens are up in Tybalt's lane. Stands not amazed. I don't feel sorry for Tybalt, just to be honest. Hence, be gone. Away! I didn't do a whole lot to make his death dramatic, but it's just pretty abrupt. And I think it works very well, though, because truth is, him killing Mercutio is very cowardice. And, you know, if you give too much pomp and circumstance to his death... It kind of robs something away from Mercutio's. Of this fatal brawl. There lies the man slain by young Romeo that slew thy kinsman. Uh, here we had uh, Melissa Bartell as the first citizen. My cousin. And we also have Rachel Wallace as Lady Capulet. And in the background, we have the song When You Go by Jonathan Colton. Uh, what did I do to that? I know I added. Which is, I added a ton of reverb and slowed it down a little bit. And I don't remember if there was 
instruments in the original or not. But no, yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's all acapella. The original. But yeah, when I first heard this, I heard the amount of reverb, and it uh, it surprised me because I I wasn't used to that from the original. Like like there is some in the original, but not lots. Um, I added a so that surprised whole bunch me, but because I wanted it to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like a, a funeral in a big church almost, which really works. With one hand, beats called death aside. The other sends it back to Tybalt, whose dexterity retorts it. Romeo, he cries aloud. Hold, friends. Friends part. And swifter than his tongue, his agile arm beats down the fatal points, and twixt them rushes underneath, whose arm an envious wound from Tybalt hits the life of stout Mercutio. And then Tybalt fled. But by and by comes back to Romeo, who had but newly entertained revenge, and two to they go like lightning. Sorry, we're just listening. <laughs> we're listening to Andrew sell this monologue. And as he fell, which uh, an another thing that Andrew does uh, very well here is, I, I always throughout the whole thing described Benvolio as Mercutio Light to him. He speaks not, and with Mercutio gone. He just sounds frustrated and angry. Um, not not so much sad, but just angry. And uh, I, th I think in a way that says a lot about his character. Romeo slew him. Who he is as a person. Who now the prince of his dear blood doth owe? Not Romeo, prince. He was Mercutio's friend. His fault concludes for what the law should end. Okay, it's Russell Gold as Montague. And for that offense, immediately we do Then we also have Paul Brueggemann as Prince Aeschylus. I have an interest in your hate's proceeding. My blood for your rude brawls doth lie a-bleeding. But our mercy is so strong a fine that you shall all repent the loss of mine. I will be deaf to pleading and excuses. Nor Mercutio is related to the prince somehow, right? Let Romeo uh, pass in haste, else yes, when yes, last. they're from the same house. Bear hence this body, and attend our will. I get some of them confused, but yeah, Mercutio is. And I basically just decided to end the scene with a slightly less reverbed part of the song. Well, I just added less reverb on this part. Which, it doesn't always make sense to end the scene with, like, a song just playing, but uh, I thought it worked yeah, very well here. Yeah, vocals. But yeah, bringing in those vocals from uh, Jonathan Coulter really, really sold the end, I think. Gallop apace, you fiery-footed steeds. And the second scene I mixed. Such a wagoner as fate Which was a lot easier. <laughs> and bring in immediately. Spread that close curtain. This particular scene has a lot more room to breathe. Runaway's eyes may wink and Romeo leap to these arms. It's not so it's not so tense. And, and uh, it kind of breaks the uh, the frustration and anger of the last one. by their own beauties, or if love be blind, it best agrees with night. Come, civil knight. 
Did you so add in that she was drinking Olivia stuff? Steele as Juliet, and, uh... Was the... Is the drinking part in the... Original? Life? No, um... No, uh... This, uh... This scene is one that I, I pretty much adapted uh, to be in... Capulet's Orchard, and Juliet sipping on some lemonade. And I just thought that the, the act of the lemonade and the glass and all of that broke some of the tension. Uh, especially with the last scene and the way it was. Plus, you know, nobody just wants to listen to monologue after monologue after monologue yeah. for a whole minute and a half. And though I am sold, not yet enjoyed. So tedious is this day as is the night before some Olivia does a good job of making it a funny but not too funny yep here and she brings news and every tongue that speaks but Romeo's name speaks heavenly eloquence now nurse what news what hast thou there the cords that Romeo bid thee fetch Oh, I forgot to mention on the the effect for the gunshot, the final uh, gunshot hitting Mercutio was um, basically somebody jumping onto leaves. <laughs> nice. The bullet entering the wound is basically just that sound. <laughs> nice. It's the little touches, man. Uh, so, uh, Hannah Jen Condell is the nurse just popped in here a minute ago. And, uh, Juliet asked her if she had brought the cords. Uh, the cords she's referring to is a rope ladder. And, uh, there's not really a good way to make that translate to modern English. Um, so I hope people at least realize that, you know, she was talking about rope or something. Hey, that's what the commentary's for. Indeed. I saw the wound. I saw it with mine eyes. God save the I love how uh, exaggerating the nurse can be. Sometimes it's hard to find a take that's not too exaggerated on something. But, uh, it, uh, she yeah, gave that's one of the several takes that, uh, to pick from. So. That's one of the things you get sometimes when you've got uh, a scene that's got comedic and dramatic elements. Um, sometimes one actor might be going one direction and one actor might be going the other. So you kind of have to meet up in the middle when you're mixing it. That's what the job of a director is for. Romeo that killed him. 
She is banished. Oh, God. Did Romeo's hand shed Tybalt's blood? It did, it did. Alas, the day it did. Oh, stupid heart. Sorry, we're just listening again. Mm-hmm. Never dragon keeps so fair a cave. Beautiful tyrant, fiend, angelical. Tough feathered raven, wolfish ravening lamb, despised substance of divinest snow. Just opposite to what thou justly seemst. A damned saint, an honorable villain. Oh, nature. So Juliet goes from when thou didst bower the being mad at Romeo to being mad at herself for being mad at Romeo. Here in a couple minutes. Or a little bit. I think it tell. I think it uh shows a lot about how her character changes from uh the earlier acts on into uh, Act Four and Five, uh, because that that outlook on things really starts shifting in Act Four after he's gone and banished. She's trying to figure out what to do to get out of a, an arranged marriage. Shame come to Romeo. Blistered be thy tongue for such a wish. He was not born to shame. Upon his brow, shame is ashamed to sit. For tis a throne where honor may be crowned, sole monarch of the universal earth. Oh, what a feast was I to chide at him. Will you speak well of him that killed your cousin? Shall I speak ill of him that is my husband? Ah, poor my lord. What tongue shall smooth thy name when I... Thy three hours wife hath mangled it. But wherefore, villain, didst thou kill my cousin? That villain cousin would have killed my husband. <laughs> Pack foolish tears. Pack to your In the background, we have You Ruined Everything by Jonathan Colton. Which I. Since this is a karaoke track, some of the words come in. And. Some of the lyrics are, you ruined everything in the nicest way, so I had to do some editing to get that nicest way part to be minimal. <laughs> I think it works, though. It works well. Also, you could tell that uh, Juliet's really mad here because she's had a couple of Rhett Butler moments in a row. <laughs> I also slowed down, slowed it down a little bit to make it less chipper. I can totally hear that now. I, I guess I just didn't realize it when I was uh, proof listening. <laughs> Romeo, Juliet, all slain, all dead. Romeo is banished. There is no. Olivia's great at conveying the anguish in this scene. In that word's death. No Again, it's another one of those where, uh, just like Mercutio and uh, Romeo, and my uh, there's a character flip. Wailing over Tybalt's corpse. Will you go to them? I will bring you thither. Wash they his wounds with tears. Mine shall be spent when theirs are dry for Romeo's banishment. Take up those cords, poor ropes, you are beguiled, both you and I. For Romeo is exiled. 
He made you for a highway to my bed, but I a maid die maiden widowed. Come, courts. Come, nurse. I'll to my wedding bed. And death, not Romeo, take my maidenhead. Hi to your chamber. I'll find Romeo to comfort you. I wot well where he is. Hark ye, your Romeo will be here at night. I'll to him. He is hid in Lawrence's cell. Find him. Give this ring to my true knight and bid him come to take his last farewell. Romeo, come forth. Come forth, thou fearful man. And we're and at Friar Lawrence's parsonage. <laughs> Which was directed by Mr. Landon Bell. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, so, context of the scene is, uh, Romeo ran here after, uh, after he killed Tybalt. He needed a place to go and hide. And... So, you know, of course, Friar Lawrence being the, the, the male counterpart to the nurse is going to console him and advise him. Banishment? Be merciful. Say death. For exile hath more terror in his And uh, in this scene, this scene is... you ungrateful? No. This scene is... Filled with even more Romeo anger. As a matter of fact, I, I can imagine that Eric was uh, probably getting winded and exhausted after this scene. <laughs> oh, I forgot to give a shout out to uh, Dave Morgan, who plays uh, Friar Lawrence here. Of course. He tried to be funny on me. He named his lines... Uh, line number Larry.mp3 for this act. And so, I got a good kick out of that. <laughs> Larry? Larry. Friar Larry. Oh. More validity, more honorable state, more courtship lives in carrion flies than Romeo. They may seize on the white wonder of dear Juliet's hand and steal immortal blessing from her lips, who even in pure and festal modesty... Uh, so the, uh, the song here is Pull the String. But Romeo may not. He is banished. And in a minute flies it will uh, transition into Mendelbrot's set. They are free men, but I am banished. Another Joko classic. And sayst thou yet that exile is not death? Hast thou no poison mixed? No sharp ground knife, no sudden mean of death? Though ne'er so mean, but banished to kill me? Banished! Oh, Friar. The damned use that word in hell, howlings attended. How hast thou the heart, being a divine... <laughs> A ghostly confessor, a sin absolver, and my friend professed to mangle me with that word banished. Thou fond madman, hear me but speak a word. Oh, thou the fond madman. I'll give thee armor to keep off that word. 
adversity's sweet milk philosophy to comfort thee, though thou art banished. Yes, banished. There's your one to say to your friends when you're going out for dinner or whatever. Just be like, ah, you fond madman. Displant a town. Reverse Actually, don't say that. You might lose your friends. <laughs> it prevails not. Talk no more. Oh, that I see that madmen have no ears. How should they? And that wise men have no eyes. Let me dispute with thee of thy estate. Thou canst not speak of that thou dost not feel. Wert thou as young as I, duly at thy love, an hour. That line. Marriage, I love that line. Murder, it, tell, it, it tells a whole lot about how he's feeling and what's going then on with him. Thou, speak, then thou, tear thy hair thou canst not speak of what thou dost not feel. Taking the measure of an unmade grave. Is there ever a scene of them getting married in this play? Or was that uh, last play? That was in uh, Act 2. Act 2. The end of Act 2. Or the, uh... Yeah, the end of Act 2. I had to think about it again. Who knocks so hard? Whence come you? What's your will? Let me come in and you shall know my errand. I come from Lady That comical reaction from the, the friar is an another one of those reasons that I, I say that he's the male counterpart to the nurse. Oh, holy friar. Uh, oh, tell me, holy they, they share a lot in common. Romeo? There, on the ground, with his own tears made drunk. Oh, he is even in my mistress's case. Just in her case. Hideous predicament. Even so Hideous predicament. That's a very Dogberry-esque line. Come to think of it. Stand up. Stand up. Stand and you be a man. For Juliet's sake. For her sake. Rise and stand. Speaking of Dogberry, this is just... And random interjection has nothing to do with this play. Um, I finally saw... Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing, and I really enjoyed it. So if any of you Shakespeare buffs out there haven't seen it, go watch it. It's pretty good. Especially if you like uh, Amy Acker or, um, uh, what's his name, Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg is in that movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but I have in my head, every time I hear uh, Hannah do that line, I just have in my head her flinging her arms up in the air while she's saying it. What vile part of this anatomy doth my name lodge? Tell me that I may sack the hateful mansion! Hold thy desperate hand. Art thou a man? Thy form cries out thou art. So, uh, tears are woman. some people may wonder, well, why does he pull a gun out? Um, in, in my mind, he may have been contemplating suicide. Um, especially after he just killed Tybalt. I mean, you can imagine what's going on in his head. And it's probably not... The best. So that's why I have him draw a gun. And then I have Fire Lunch talking down. Since birth and heaven and earth 
all three to meet in thee at once. Which thou it's one of those unique ways you can use the text to your advantage to uh, I, to draw I, something extra out of it. Shape, I love, I wit, hmm. which, like so future, he's all, pointing the gun at himself? Yeah, that's uh, that that's what I had. Your interpretation. Yeah, but the interesting thing about audio is, it's however someone you else can't tell. <laughs> I I can tell you on the the commentary how I interpreted it, but when you listen to it, you can interpret it however you would like. Truth is, every interpretation is correct. Because it's audio. Man, Juliet is alive That's why it's called Theater of the Mind. The song we have here now is uh, Skullcrusher Mountain, which again is uh, Tybalt's theme, which I, I thought was appropriate since they're, uh, they're talking about <laughs> Tybalt's death. Happiness courts thee in her best array, but like a misbehaved and sullen wench, the song also has kind of a comical tension to it, which, in a way, fits this scene, fits what's going on here. Romeo's a bit hysterical with his anger. And call thee back with twenty hundred thousand times more joy than thou wentest forth in lamentation. Go before us, commend me to thy lady, and bid her hasten all the house to bed, which heavy sorrow makes them absent too. Romeo is coming. Oh Lord, I could have stayed here all the night to hear good counsel. <laughs> oh, what learning is! I love that. I'll tell my lady you will come. Do so. She gave me a ton of great dicks for it, too. Um, I, I may actually slip a couple of them to the blooper reel, because they were pretty fantastic. Even though they weren't bloopers, they're just funny. How well my comfort is revived by this. Go hence. And he put the gun down. And here stands all your stick. He put the gun down because he was comforted. Sojourn in Mantua. I'll find out your man, and he shall signify from time to time every good hap to you that chances here. Give me thy hand. Tis late. Farewell. Good night. But that a joy past joy calls out on me, it were a grief so brief to part with thee. Farewell. And here we have a scene in Capulet's living room. Sir, so unluckily that we've had no time to move our daughter. Look, you, she loved her kinsman Tybalt dearly, and so did I. <laughs> we were born to die. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this is Randy Strew as Capulet. And we also have Christopher Gilstrap as Ferris. It's very late. 
will not come down. And Rachel Wallace is getting promised you, but for your company, I would have been a bed an hour ago. These times of woe afford no time to woo. Madam, good night. Um, so, a little bit of background on what's going on here. Uh, they're playing dominoes. And I had the idea of them playing dominoes from uh, a lot of times around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, a lot of my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, they'll come here and uh, we'll play dominoes. And my grandmother at my grandmother's house, she has a glass dining room table it's a it's a wood table with a glass top on top of it and when you play dominoes on it it has this nice clickety clack sound that i really loved uh, so i decided i was going to adapt that for this little scene here so i recorded the domino effects on the glass top and uh, then i snuck it in here but what say you to thursday for some reason, I was thinking poker chips. But... <laughs> poker chips works. It, it really does. Um, because they would have a very similar sound as uh, domino tiles. They're about the same weight on a, on a glass top. And uh, just a quick note about Paris. He's still a creep in this scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that. My lord, I would that Thursday were tomorrow is just creepish. So, thank you, Christopher, for playing an excellent creep. <laughs> it is not yet your day. It was the nightingale and not the lark that pierced the fearful hollow of thine ear. And we're in Juliet's bedroom. Pomegranate tree. Believe me, love. This scene was difficult to get right um because a lot of different adaptations have done it and done it a whole lot different uh, some are some are more reserved some are more gratuitous i wanted to be more reserved and how the scene is handled i know it i um, and, and so my my idea was kind of to play it out a little bit like an uh, AMSR video, which if you don't know what AMSR is, it's uh, it sounds played up close to the ASMR? ear. ASMR, yeah, or ASMR, yes. Uh, it's a uh, it's it sounds played close to the ear to make the, the hair stand up on your neck. And that's kind of what I try, wanted to try and do here. Um, I think it worked to a degree. Um, couldn't really do that with the bird song, uh, but I was kind of able to do that with uh, cloth rustling and stuff like that. It is. It is. I hence be gone away. So is that lark noises or nightingale noises? Uh, they are lark. Those are actual larks. And uh, if, if you go back and listen to uh, scene two in act two, uh, where Romeo is outside at night talking to Juliet in the window, uh, you'll hear the nightingales in the background. And I, I actually mentioned to Swin before he mixed it that there needed to be nightingales. So they contrasted with the scene with the larks. More and so sure enough, now you've got the contrasted scene. More dark and darker I think I might have used some nightingales in some daylight scenes, but... 
Oh well. You know, though, some of them are awake in the daytime. Farewell, farewell. One kiss and I'll descend. Love the window sound effect. Um, Art thou gone so? I really had to cycle through a bunch well, of those to find one that Lord, fit perfectly. Friend. I must hear from thee every day in the hour, for in a minute there are many days. Oh, by this count, I shall be much in years ere I again behold my Romeo. Farewell. <laughs> I will omit no opportunity that may convey my greetings, love, to thee. Thinkest thou we shall ever meet again? Uh, so we've cycled through three songs here, and I haven't mentioned what they are. Uh, first one was Shop Vac, which I believe that's the first time this has shown up in uh, display. Uh, and then we also had Drinking With You and Millionaire Girlfriend. It just felt right to play uh, Juliet and Romeo's theme back-to-back like that. In my eye, so do you. Because I'm not sure if we'll Try get another sorrow, opportunity <laughs> before the mixing of this Adieu. thing is finished. <laughs> Maybe we will. It just depends on if uh, Act Fortune. 5 is, is coming across as too serious or not. Thou art fickle. What dost thou with him that is renowned for faith? Be fickle, Fortune. For then I hope thou wilt keep him long, but send him back. Ooh, daughter, are you up? Who is that calls? Is it my lady mother? Is she not down so late or up so early? What unaccustomed cause procures her hither? Why, how now, Juliet? Madam, I am not well. <coughs> I am more weeping for your cousin's death. What? Wilt thou wash him from his grave with tears? And if thou couldst, thou couldst not make him weep. Therefore, some grief shows much of love, but much of grief shows still some want of wit. Yet let me weep for such a feeling loss. So shall you feel the loss, but not the friend which you weep. Sorry, I'm listening again. <laughs> Caught red-handed. Well, girl, thou weepest not so much for his death as that the villain lives which slaughtered him. What villain, madam? Oh. Sometimes it's hard to come up with something to say if you didn't do a whole lot for mixing stuff. <laughs> now this particular uh, section of the scene is all actors. Yet no man like he doth grieve my heart. That is because the traitor murderer. And this particular scene in general, um, I think that Rachel and Olivia did a great job of continuing that um, that sound that they are indeed mother and daughter. Um, that was originally the reason I, I cast them in uh, two roles, because I thought that they definitely sounded related. And uh, they really keep it up here. And then I hope thou wilt be satisfied. Indeed, I shall never be satisfied with Romeo till I behold him dead. <laughs> is my poor heart for a kinsman vexed madam if you could find out but a man to bear a poison I would temper it that Romeo should upon receipt thereof soon sleep in quiet 
Oh, how my heart abhors to hear him name and cannot come to him. So I saw a note in the script breaking the fourth wall. Um, yes. Uh, is that in the original or is that? It is in the original, but it's not an aside in the original. And um, so I, I definitely wanted that to be an aside when I read that line. And she says, that is because the traitor murderer lives. Um, I wanted it to uh, to uh, reflect the fact that she heard what Juliet was saying. Because Juliet's line was an aside. Um, and so it, it kind of fit as a, a little bit of a joke. At St. Peter's Church. I find the way that she says that so funny. Make me there a joyful bride. I wonder at this haste that I must wed ere he that should be husband comes to woo. Also, this isn't a jab at Shakespeare, but St. Peter's Church is a very specific choice. It's like a very specific name. I hate rather than Paris. News indeed. Here comes your father. Tell him so yourself, and see. And of course, Juliet is saying words, but not meaning exactly what she says. <laughs> or no, she's meaning what she says, but not. She's kind of. She's trying to cover for uh, Romeo's getaway. What? Still in tears. Evermore showering. In one little body, thou counterfeitest a bark, a sea, a wind. For still thy eyes, which I may call... And Randy so is back with Capulet. The bark thy body is, sailing in this salt uh, blood. The wind so, the interesting thing about Capulet in this scene, and I, calm, will thy I, I told Randy, How now, wife? he basically is a raging sexist here. And that's partially a product of the, the era that this was written in. Take me with you. Take but me with you, when you bring it into a, a more not, modern era, does she not give us thanks? Is she and not you're trying proud? to portray a character does like that, how do you do it to the point where they so they're still understandable and you can understand their humanity? And that's really tough. Um, but I think that Randy did a very good job bringing that to life. How now? How now? Chop logic. You just want to go through the uh, earphones and punch him, but at the same time, you can understand why he thinks what he thinks. Doesn't make it right, but you understand it, and you can empathize with it. Because, you know, if you had just arranged a marriage and your daughter's like, uh-uh, no can do, you'd probably be mad too. I beseech you on my knees, hear me with patience, but to speak a word. Also, I love the little audience gasp there. Baggage, disobedient wretch. I tell thee what, get thee to church a Thursday. That is the correct, look me in the, the face. correct reaction not, to hearing someone not, call their daughter a tallow face. Wife, we scarce thought us blessed that God had lent us but this only child, but now I see this one is one too much, and that we have a curse in having her. Out on her, Hilding. God in heaven bless her. You are to blame, my lord, to rate her so. And why, my lady wisdom, hold your tongue, good prudence, smatter with your gossips, go. I speak no treason. Oh, God, ye got in. Oh, may not one speak? P 
peace, you mumbling fool. Utter your gravity or a gossip's bowl, for here we need it not. You are too hot. God's power makes me mad. Day, night, hour, tide, time, work, play, alone, in company. Still, my care hath been to have her matched. And having now provided a gentleman of noble peace in rage mode, fair domains, youth, rage and mode, nobly trained, stuffed, as they say, with honorable parts, proportioned as one's thought would wish a man's, and then to have a wretched, puling fool, a whining mammoth in her fortunes tender, to answer, I'll not wed, I cannot love, I am too young, I pray you pardon me, but as you will not wed, I'll pardon you. Graze where you will. You shall not house with me. Look to it. Think on it. I do not use to jest. Thursday is near. <coughs> hand on heart. Advise. And you be mine, I'll give you to my friend. And you be not, hang, beg, starve, die in the streets. For by my soul, I'll never wow. thee, Nor what is mine shall never do thee good. How many people Trust would tell their daughter to die in the streets? Speak a word. Do as thou wilt, for I have done with thee. Yeah, I. I always found it sad that Lady Capulet didn't side with her daughter in this. How shall that faith return again to earth unless that husband send it me from heaven by leaving earth? Comfort me. Counsel me. But you know, a lot of times those kinds of things happen in, in marriages in real life. You know, one spouse may be wrong, but the other one will side with them anyways. Some comfort, nurse. Faith, here it is. Romeo is banished. Even if they were raging sexist. Or if he do, it needs must be thyself. Then, since the case so stands is now it doth. I think it best you married with the county. Oh, he's a lovely gentleman. Romeo's a dish clout to him. An eagle, madam, hath not so green, so quick, so fair <coughs> as Paris hath. This line, this line is probably the single most pivotal line from the nurse, where she essentially turns against Juliet. You know, after after what Capulet said stung and hurt her, she decided, you know what, just go with the flow, Juliet, it's fine. Just marry Paris anyways, forget Romeo. Go in and tell my lady I am gone, having displeased my father to Lord Sal to make confession and to be absolved. Marry, I will. And this is wisely done. Ancient damnation, O most wicked fiend! Is it more sin to wish me thus forsworn, or to dispraise my lord with that same tongue which you have praised him with a broken parent? In the script, uh, the parenthetical uh, stage direction for this line was just a, a quote from the movie Clue that uh, Mrs. White says, and, uh, it was just flames, 
flames on the side of my face. <laughs> and so that cracked me up. <laughs> Actually, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, Olivia commented on that in her line reads for that line. <laughs> Yeah, I just had a thing for sticking movie references in this play, in the script. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, the sitcom, Act Three, featuring the voice talents of. And oh, hey, we have Brian. Eric Valdez as Romeo. Yes, the one and only Brian Reed. Garcia as Mercutio. Rachel Wallace as Lady. So I'm just gonna say, I'm going to miss. Uh, so far, so good. Andrew Hackley as Benvolio. As the end credits theme. I've grown to really love it. So whenever we get to the next play, I'm gonna miss hearing it. as the first citizen, and Russell Gold as Montague. Yeah. By William Shakespeare, adapted for. Seems somewhat happy after that scene. Assistant director Sven yeah, th- that scene was just so depressing at the Jonathan end. Colton.com. It started out happy and depressing, and that's kind of uh, kind of how this play ends in a way. Started happy and depressing. But that's what it was always going to be, even as a sitcom. Jokes and tragedy. For more information, visit but we hope you laughed. We hope you laughed, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and we hope you cried. Cried a lot, because it's very sad. We'll see you next month for Act 4 of the play. Until then. Peace.